We, we just don't. All we know is that when he was a young man, the Lord started working through him, working in him, speaking to him. We know his approximate age because the first real message that it seems that Hosea got from God was an instruction about who he should marry. And we know that the marrying, the marriageable age for a young man in those days was, was probably mid to late teens. So Hosea is probably a mid to late teenager when he first receives the word from the Lord. And I remind you, it was a word about who he should marry. It's a difficult sort of commandment to understand, but because what Hosea literally says in chapter one is that God said to him, go and marry a wife of whoredom. An unfaithful wife, a, a, a prostitute, a hooker. You understand that? God's word to Hosea was go and, and marry a, a prostitute, an unfaithful woman. And, and of all things, her name was Gomer. <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough she's a hooker, but she's a hooker named Gomer. You understand? <laughs> Gomer. I don't understand. I, I don't know, and you don't know either whether that's what she became or, or that's what she was. Whether she was a hooker, a, a prostitute when he married her and he knew fully what she was, or, or whether she was just a, a woman that he loved and he married and, and this is what she became. We just don't know. All we know is he loved her. He, he loved her. This was not just a sermon illustration where he married this woman so that he could use stories from his marriage to preach that that's not the case. He, he did somehow live out the story of God's love for his people in his own love with his wife. But this is no preaching stunt. He loves her. He loves her fully. I, I don't know if he fell in love with her early. I, I don't know if she was just a girl on the school bus. Maybe she wore skirts a little too short and a little bit too much makeup. I don't know if Hosea could have possibly seen what she was going to become. I, I just don't know. You don't know either. All we know is that this is how it turned out. Hosea is God's man, and, and Hosea has a strong calling on the Lord to be God's prophet to speak for him. So, so God gets a good prophet, but in this whole deal, Hosea gets a hooker. And, and that's all we know. G Gomer is, is, is her name. It's unbelievable and un unfortunate name. Gomer. There's just nothing about her that, that, that we can praise. Now, the scripture is pretty plain that she was a prostitute. But back in Hosea's day, most likely she's a prostitute. She's probably somehow affiliated with idol worship, with pagan worship. She, she's likely a temple prostitute in, in the worship of Baal. Uh, you remember from Sunday school class, maybe Baal is, is one of the primary false gods of the day. And he's a fertility god. He makes the crops grow. He makes the animals reproduce. And so worshiping Baal often involved sexual rituals in a temple with a prostitute. And so it's very likely that Gomer is one of those temple prostitutes. So it's not just that she's unfaithful, it's that she's spiritually unfaithful. She also seems to be involved in, in, in the worship of a false god, Baal. What that must have been like for Hosea, the man of God, the preacher, I, I don't know. The story, it almost reads like a country music song. It does. It would almost be laughable if it weren't real life. It's real life. It's real marriage. According to the scripture, the moment, I mean, when the first baby is born, 
Hosea seems to know that it's not his kid. Now, I don't know how he knows. I don't know if the baby just comes out looking more like the cable guy. I don't know if Hosea does the math and he realizes, you know, nine months from the date of birth, I was preaching revival in Logan County. I mean, I just don't know how he figures this out, but he knows. He knows that this woman is not faithful, and he knows that these children are not his. Now, now don't get me wrong. He loves them. He continues to bring them home and make a home for them. But understand, this woman is utterly unfaithful to him. He continues to empty out his heart in love. He empties out his checkbook in love. He does everything for this woman, and she will not stay. She will not be faithful. This woman cannot be faithful. So I remind you, God gets a really good prophet, but Hosea just gets a hooker. And this is his life. This is his ministry. And it's devastating. But as you read his sermons, as you look at Hosea's life, what you quickly realize is that these aren't just a series of sermons. This is literally the story being acted out in real life. The story of God's love for his people. The story of a faithful God who continues to empty out his heart and love for an unfaithful people. You see, so when I said you're not necessarily going to like the way you're portrayed, the the way you look in the book of Hosea, it's because Hosea stands in for God. Hosea becomes the faithful one whose love is unconditional and never-ending. And you and I in this particular movie, we we get played by Gomer. You understand? We become the one who is unfaithful. I don't know if you'd like to see yourself that way, but if God's word is a mirror, then you probably need to look. In the story, of course, it's God who is faithful, but it's also Hosea who is faithful. And and I love simply the, the way he I love the way he relates to God. I love the intimacy that you see between Hosea, the the, the prophet, and and the God who speaks and works and and loves through him. It's it's kind of a relationship that plays in our own life as well. If you'll notice, I would say this, you can only love God to the extent that you know him. You have to know God in order to love him. And some of you would say that you love Jesus. You'd say that you love God. But honestly, you don't know him. And if you don't know him, you just can't love him. And if you do know him, there's nothing you can do but love him. He is beautiful. He is a merciful and mighty savior. If you know him, you will love him. But you can only love him to the extent that you do know him. And you can only know him to the extent that you obey him. And this is why many of us struggle spiritually. We struggle in our relationship with God because it always comes back to obedience. And while we have nice feelings about the idea of knowing God and we love to say we love God, obeying God is something very, very different. You don't just obey God with words or feelings. You have to obey God with hands and feet. You have to obey God in the everyday decisions you make. You have to obey God in the way you treat people. So understand, when God lays his hand upon Hosea, Hosea knows God and loves God, and Hosea is going to obey God, no matter where God leads him, no matter the cost, no matter how it hurts. Hosea is completely and utterly obedient to God. When God says, this is your life, this is your wife, this is your marriage, Hosea is faithful. 
always faithful. God can count on Hosea all through his life, all through the book. Can God count on you? You say you know God, do you love him? You say you love him, do you work for him? Do you obey him? Because if you don't work for him, then you don't know him, you don't love him. And to do God's work always involves that you begin to love people the way God loves people. That means that when you serve the Lord, when you begin to obey his commands, inevitably he's going to lead you into the path of people who need love. And you will be the one that God is going to use to love them. And loving people is not easy. If you don't believe me, just take a look down your pew right now. People are hard to love. You will empty out your heart for people. You will sometimes empty out your purse for people, and they will not always come back and say thank you. You will do, you will serve, you will absolutely pour out yourself into their lives, and they may never appreciate it. They may never even recognize what you've done. So understand, when you begin to obey God, it's going to involve your learning to love people the way God loves people, and that's not easy. Just ask Hosea. It's just not easy. So back to the sermon of Hosea chapter 11. Hosea uses a lot of marriage language. Of course, his wife, Gomer, and her unfaithfulness becomes one of the leading images, leading themes of his story, of his sermon. But, but he also begins to use the language of children and family. And you see that in chapter 11. It's, it's beautiful. It's tragic. He starts out saying, when Israel was a child... I loved him. I called my son out of Egypt. Do you understand that the relationship begins with God? It doesn't begin with us. God sees us first. God calls us. He chooses us. We don't choose him. And so God calls us. But the important thing to remember is God knows fully what we are, even when he calls us. He knows exactly what you are, but he chooses to love you anyway. Now, I don't know if Hosea knew what Gomer was going to be, but I have no question. God knows exactly what you're going to be. God knows you. God knows how you are. God knows me. God knows that I'm a guy who tends to promise to do one thing and then do the other thing. God knows me like that. God knows that, that my heart may be in the right place, but somehow, inevitably, I don't always follow the heart he gives me. I am prone to wander. I'm prone to disobey. I am prone to quit loving people long before God would say quit. You understand? I'm prone to give up. I'm prone to get discouraged. I'm prone to anxiety. I'm prone to all sorts of things that just wouldn't make me lovable in God's eyes. And you're the same way. God knows you. He knows you. He knows the lies that you're living. He knows your good intentions. He knows your failure. God knows all about you, and yet from the very beginning, he's already chosen, he's already purposed to love you. He's going to love you. He chooses you this way. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's a miracle. We don't deserve this. I remind you, in Hosea's life, he lives this out with Gomer, this wife that any other man in the world would pitch to the curb, this wife that nobody else could possibly love. I mean, how much can one man take? Hosea continues to love her, continues to bring her home, so much like God. Look at what it says. I, I, really, I really love verse 3. I myself taught Israel how to walk, leading him along by the hand. How many of you have ever taught a child to walk? Raise your hand. 
Yeah. How many of you taught a child to walk and it's a child sitting in this house right now? Right, raise your hand. Yeah. They walked in without you today. It would be kind of odd if you were still walking around with the guy, you know, hey, come on. Because when a child is learning to walk, they've got that giant head and those little fat feet and those little chubby legs, and they just need all kinds of help. Do you remember? You hold them by the hands, and they just walk and walk, and, and it's the sweetest thing. And now they're walking all over creation. Do you think that they ever stop to remember it was mom? Mom taught me to walk. I owe her so much. No, no. They don't remember the lessons. They don't remember any of that. They're just wondering why you won't drive them to the mall. You understand? They have forgotten all of the lessons. And this is what the scripture says. I myself taught Israel how to walk, leading him along by the hand. But he doesn't know or even care that I was the one who took care of him. Remember, it's a picture of us. I don't know if you're used to seeing yourself this way, but this is a picture of you. God says, I, I've done everything for you. You know this right. I mean, if you just stopped and thought about your own life and all of the near misses, all of the times you think, oh my Lord, I, I don't even know how I survived that. All of those nights when you prayed, God help me, God save me, God get me through this. Will you just not stop right now and at least acknowledge that he brought you through every bit of it? Every single moment, he, he's continued to bring you through. He has given you a fresh breath in your lungs every single morning, and you don't deserve that. There's nothing about you that makes you deserve another day to live. God just continues to give you that. That next heartbeat, you understand, that's a gift from him. And you don't even acknowledge sometimes that he is the one who gives you life. Not just life, he blesses you with an amazing life. Most of you in this house have blessings and luxuries that the rest of the world could not even uh, imagine. You, you don't even ever stop to acknowledge that it's, that, that it's the Lord who gives you these things. What, you, you think that you've worked to earn all of this? You think you work harder and that's why you're more blessed? God is just such a good God, you understand? And he just pours it out upon you. And, and yet you don't even seem to remember that he's the one who cares for you. It's not even just physical, material, uh, everyday blessings of life. It, it's the spiritual reality of a God who never leaves you, never forsakes you. In, in Hosea, he says, I am the holy one among you. See, that doesn't even make sense. The word for holy means set apart. It means that God is so far beyond us. His purity is so absolutely beyond our stains that God is separate, completely removed from us. And yet he would say, I am the holy one who chooses to come and be among you. This has nothing to do with our goodness, everything to do with his goodness. And this is what the scripture says. I taught you to walk. I, I led you along with kindness, and you don't even seem to acknowledge that I'm the one who cared for you. It's this incredible insensitivity to God's goodness that, that makes us as children very, very unfaithful to him. Taught you to walk, he says. One day out in the lobby, we had a mama. It was a miracle. It was really fun. She had a little toddler. I won't name his name because he's in our church now. He's a big guy. Uh, he was learning to walk. 
and the mama was going, come on, come on. And he was just, you know, just doing this whole thing, or he was just walking across the lobby, seriously, just, just walking to her. And it was the neatest thing, because it was like first steps in our church's lobby. It was beautiful. Come on, come on. And he walked all the way to her. One week later, how many days are in a week? Seven days later, okay, last week he was walking, she's going, come on, come on, come on. The very next week she's going, hey, come back here, come back here. Yeah. In other words, about as quickly as he learned to walk to her, he became capable of what? Walking away from her. Verse 7, my people are determined to turn away from me. They call me the most high, but they don't truly honor me. He's talking about you. This is the way we're being portrayed here as children who are determined to walk away, to desert the Father. The word there is backslide, just determined. In other words, the way we live our lives from God's perspective, it's just like you have already made up your mind to spit in his face. You've already made up your mind that you will not walk with him. You will walk away from him. This is what the scripture says about you and me. This is how we are. It's God in the story that's so surprising. It it, it is not surprising that I am unfaithful. It is no surprise that I lust after other gods as Gomer did. That's what Hosea says. It's not a surprise that we're spiritual whores. The surprise is that he loves us anyway. The the surprise is when in verse 8, God says, "I, I, I can't give you up. I can't let you go. My heart is torn within me. My compassion overflows Verse 10, for someday the people will follow me. What makes him think so? Why would God say that? Why would he say someday the people will follow me? Apparently he doesn't know us. I mean, is there something about our lives that makes him think that tomorrow we're going to wake up faithful? Someday they'll follow me, he says. This is the picture of God. It's the picture of God that's lived out in the life of Hosea. Do you understand this woman who will not stay home, but somehow every single night he still leaves a light on for her? Hosea, she's not coming home. Hosea, she's not going to be faithful to you. Hosea, give up, leave her, move on with your life. She doesn't love you. She's not going to be faithful to you. It's just like God. God says someday they'll follow me. And you think, what makes you say that? What makes you think that? What is it about God and his love that he simply never gives up? There's a high school principal in the inner city the roughest schools in the United States. The, the, the teenagers there were, were brutal. Nobody wanted to work there. The principal took the job. He, he worked his first year there. He did everything he knew how just to love and respect and, and, and earn his place with the kids, and they continued just to despise him. It was hard. Into that first year, one of his faculty said, um, you know, Mr. Principal, why do you stay you have so many gifts, and, and you could be in, in any school in the United States. Why are you wasting it here? These kids are never going to respond to you. Principal said this. He said, you know what? I know deep in my heart, I can be good to them longer than they can be mean to me. I can be good to them longer than they can be mean to me. 
God says, my, my heart is torn. Because I know someday they're going to follow me. Someday all my children are going to come home. If you read the whole book of Hosea, it's uh, really sad the day that Gomer ends up on the auction block. She's a prostitute, remember? And it's the life that she's chosen. She will not be faithful. And apparently that road takes her a place she never expected it to go. And she ends up being sold as a sex slave. I mean, read the Bible. I don't make this stuff up. She's on the block, and this is the day that you would think her life is over. I mean, men will bid and, and, and buy her, and then she'll belong to them forever as, as a sex slave. According to his own sermon, Hosea goes that day to the auction. His wife standing on the block. How humiliating that must have been for him. But you know what he does, right? He buys her. He empties out his wallet to buy her. Why would he do that? After everything she's put him through, after all of those kids with different daddies, why in the world would he buy her now? Why would he spend another dime to call her his wife? Why would he empty out his heart again? To bring her home. He'll do it over and over and over. To bring her home. Someday the people will follow me, the Lord says. I, the Lord, will roar like a lion. And when I roar, my people will return. Trembling like doves, they will return. And I will bring them home. He is a faithful God. You and I are unfaithful children. We do not follow him well. We are not true as he is true. We don't love as he loves us. And some of us have wandered so far from home, so far away from him. Do you not understand that the Lord continues to leave a light on for you every single night? He continues to set a place at the table for you. He has never stopped looking down the road for you. He will never give up on you. And all he hopes, all he waits for is that day where one day you will finally, once and forever, just come home. The invitation today is from the Lord himself. Come home. Come home. Run into his arms and stay. Stay. Pray with me. Lord, if we look back over the story of our own lives, like Jose, it is a story of your being completely faithful to us and our constantly forgetting, forgetting you, 
forgetting where our home is, forgetting where our next breath comes from, forgetting the sacrifice you made on the cross, Lord, we just forget. Lord Jesus, I pray that today, the table, the word, Lord, I pray that something will jog us to remember, to remember the God who loves us, to remember the Savior who died for us, to remember the way back home. Lord Jesus, I pray for hard-hearted men and hard-hearted women and forgetful boys and girls and all of us, Lord, who so desperately need to be as faithful as you are, Lord, to love you as you love us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to make our soul at home with you and never to wander again. God, you know, you know that it's not in us to, to do this. We, we can't do it on our own, Lord. If we could be completely faithful, we would have already done it, Lord. We, we can't do it. If we could love like you love, Lord, we would already be doing that, Lord. We can't do it, Lord. We need you. Lord, you must come and you must do for us what only you can do, Lord. We know that this is the gospel. So, so Lord Jesus, will you please invade our hearts Let it be you who lives in us and you who breathes through us and you who loves through us, Lord Jesus, that we might come home to you and never leave. Lord, only you can keep us safe and secure in your hand. So, Lord Jesus, will you help us today, Lord, to lay our lives into your hands and learn to be at home with you. Lord, I pray that you would be present in this room even now. I pray that you would draw individuals, men, women, boys, girls to you. Lord, I just want to lift you up high. I want to lift you up so high, Lord, that you can begin to draw others to you. My, my sermon can't do that, Lord. You and you alone will draw people to you if I will just lift you up. Jesus, be lifted high that others will come to you, find their home in you. We pray these things in your precious name, but for our sakes. Amen.